Thank you so much, Kaylee. Appreciate that. Ah, oh, man. I, so, who am I, right? Some of you are like, I don't, some people seem to know this guy. I'm, he's around. Uh, is he one of those old students, non-traditional students? Uh, well, I would describe myself in a couple of ways. First of all, I'm Christy's husband. Uh, I, I'm proud of that. And I'm a dad to uh, Kaylee, Lexi, Gunner, and Macy. And uh, recently, this last year, I got a new title. I am Big Papa. That's, you know, you can't be Grandpa and Grammy anymore. You got to have a special name. So I went with Big Papa to little Nora. Uh, and I, my job is I'm the DYD for Wisconsin and Northern Michigan. So some of you Wisconsin and Northern Michigan's in the room, you know, from uh, a lot of time we see you at Spencer Lake. Honestly, if you see me, though, sometimes it's because you, you know, came to the office for a different reason, and, and that's all good. We're glad you're here. Um, I'm a Vikes fan. I live in Wisconsin. I'm an hour from Green Bay, and so I'm just surprised they're still playing football. We don't get that feeling a lot in Minnesota, so that's a bummer. But I will tell you, the hill that I'll die on is this. When it comes to the GOAT in basketball... I mean, I said I'd die in this, so we can talk later. But it's obviously Michael Jordan. I mean, uh, so half of you are not going to hear a word I say. I apologize. But uh, that's who I am. I, I love North Central softball. I like to be in the, on the sidelines and chatter it up a little bit and try to make Coach laugh every once in a while. But I am, uh, by definition, the undisputed number one fan of Rams volleyball, for sure. So there's a few of you guys. Yes. You guys should come check them out. They're pretty good. Uh, side note, Miller 314 has the best snacks that can be found, is what I'm told. So if you want to stop by there, room 314 Miller Hall, just ask for Haley, Katie, or Macy. They'll be glad to come with snacks for any of you. Do you need that number again? Uh, actually, they're, they're sitting right over here if you're looking for them, the ones that are trying not to be seen. Great snacks there. Uh, come at all hours as long as you're allowed to do that. Um, occasionally, there's even fresh Wisconsin cheese curds. So um, you may want to check that out. I would introduce, uh, I would love to show this video that I have um, of my kids from when we first were DYDs in Wisconsin. They created this amazing dance video. And right now, my daughter is back here just mortified. She, she told me, she said, if you do this, Dad, I'm, I'm transferring out of the school at the month. So we're not going to do this today. But, uh, <laughs> but I do have, I do need some help with, uh, maybe you know some of these people. Uh, and I'd like uh, some help with the pictures we have here, uh, some identifying some INGers. Do we have the first one up there? You can guess who this INGer is. Anybody have... Wow, that was too easy. Let's see if you're right. I'm pretty sure you are. Yeah, that's Jackson. All right. Let's go to the next one. Who do we think this is? This is not me. I'm not that good looking. Any guesses? All right, let's see who it is. Yes, indeed. That guy is flying. <laughs> yes. Oh, everybody knows Kaylee, yeah. Yes, correct. I think we have uh, maybe uh, this one you might be able to guess. 
obviously, this is Dr. Graham. I think, is this our last one? That guy is a stud. All right. Any guesses? Oh, you guys know it. All right. Eric is uh, our last one there, I believe. Uh, <laughs> I love NCU. I love your teachers. I love the workers, the staff. I love your president. Uh, and not too long ago, he asked me to join the team with uh, Dr. Sikorsky and, and to invest into ING. And it's, it's a privilege for me. And uh, all the people in those pictures that you saw had a moment at some time, maybe several of them, that led them to this place. And as I look around the room, perhaps some of you have a similar story or a similar moment that you would say led you to this place. And um, I'm looking at it going, I'm talking about Institute for Next Generation. And my goal isn't for Institute ING to be like a club. ING is a mission. And because it's a mission, I've had people for this whole year see me come around. They're like, can you tell me more about what it is? And I do one of my favorite things, and I'm very vague, and be like, well. And I start to talk in all these words and not give you answers, you know? Because really, I believe that this should be, ING should be as large as North Central, and it should expand beyond the borders of North Central. Um, so today, we're going to look at a story looking at a moment for a next genner that was transformed into an influencer. Because I hate to break it to you, ING is the institute, but my real goal is it to turn it to NGI, next gen influencer. Does it make sense to you? Just flip the I to the N. And that's what I think our goal is here. So we're going to look in John chapter 4. We're not going to read all the scripture because it's a story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And I'm going to look at this in a little bit different way maybe than you've been used to it. It's a seven-part conversation. In other words, Jesus said seven things, and the Samaritan woman said seven things. Don't worry. I'm not, if we have a conversation later, I'm not going to be like, hey, that was a 14-part you know, conversation. I don't count that, but in Scripture, it's kind of interesting, right? So we're going to break it down that way. And uh, here's what the background information you need to know. It's, it started at a well, and it was at noon, the hot part of the day, Okay. So the first thing that happens is this. Jesus says, will you give me a drink? Okay? That's the start of the conversation. He didn't know her. She didn't know him. He says, will you give me a drink? I want you to catch one thing. Jesus initiates. Jesus initiates. He's always looking to initiate. Okay? The woman says, why are you talking to me? <laughs> It's like, what do you have to do with me? And here it is. She's described in this way. She's described in two words. She's described as Samaritan, and she's described as a woman. And those are very key descriptions because it, it highlights the angst that is in this conversation. Um, quite honestly, this is a very legit response. Him being Jewish, he wouldn't even talk to her because she's Samaritan and because she's a woman. So we have racism and sexism in the middle of this conversation that's assumed. Quite honestly, I, I read some stuff where it says a Jewish person typically wouldn't even take a utensil or something that had been used by a Samaritan and drink it anyway. 
So what is Jesus doing right away when he initiates the conversation and asks what he does? Unknowingly, even, he's saying, I'm not, I'm not about that. Right? He would have taken that from her. And so, but she's, she's pushing off, and this is what I would say, and I'm careful with this, but in her case, sometimes distractions will limit the conversations with Jesus. Now, don't, don't hear the word distraction and say that I'm dismissive of the problems or the challenges that are there. They're massive. It could be, and I would tell you the things that I see today, it could be things like church hurt. That can be a real distraction to hearing the voice of God and hearing what Jesus has to say because we're counting on what other people do. Jesus resets all that kind of thing. It can be unfairness. It can be pain that we've had. It can be all kinds of things. It can be lies and on and on and on. But here's a statement that I would love you to catch this morning. Jesus' love always rises above the distinctions and the distractions of man. His love always rises above those distinctions and distractions. The pain is so real. The challenge is so, so, so real. But Jesus points to something better. He doesn't sit and get into that. He's like, listen, I know, I understand, but there's something better. Okay, second lines in the, in the conversation. Jesus, if you only knew who I am and I could give you this living water, right? And the woman is responding like I would hope most of us would in that situation, uh, it's kind of a strange comment, and she looks at him and says, you don't, even, you don't even have a bucket. You asked me for water, and now you talk like you have this special kind of water. And in a sense, what, what's really going on is he's moving this conversation along to get much deeper than a simple cup of water. The woman says, you don't even have a bucket. She has unbelief, and she has mistrust of this. Third thing Jesus says Get this, John 4, 13, the verse will be up here and you can look at it. Everyone who drinks from this water or your water, guess what? They get thirsty again. But I'm talking about eternal life, living water that leads to eternal life. Now, how many of you would be a little bit confused if you're sitting here and people, like if somebody in your, in your classes started talking to you this way, you'd be like, why do you talk in this strange way? It's hard to understand, right? And, and really, though, he's putting his finger on something that he's about to, about to address. Think about how much water, coffee, Mountain Dew, I don't, whatever it is that you drink, over and over, you know, you have one, and it's like, oh, it's just the best. And you get right back to that same place where you need one, you want one, Right? And he's just, he's addressing, he's willing to address that with her. And she says, what? She says, give it to me. (laughs) If you have this kind of water, I want it. It's going to fix my problems. And here's what's really, she's really saying. Because many of you have heard this. The reason she was there at the middle of the day, we're going to find out more about why that is. It's not when you go to get water. She's there then because she's trying to hide from people. She doesn't want to deal with people. She's embarrassed. She's ashamed. She's got all kinds of stuff going on. And so she says, she's thinking, this living water would fix all my problems. She's right, but she's wrong. The problem that she wants to fix 
is that it would allow her to continue to hide in shame. And uh, that's not really what's going on. And so Jesus transitions the conversation to help her see what the real problem is. Because wouldn't it be a shame if all he really did was install a spigot so she never had to leave the house again? Do you think that she would be so thankful for this living water? Only because it would allow her to stay in her embarrassment, her shame, her misery. So Jesus says in the fourth part of the conversation, he says, why don't you go get your husband? Okay? And she says, don't got one. What is she doing with this answer? Does anybody have an idea? She's telling the truth, right? But she's avoiding this conversation. She doesn't fill in any extras. It's almost like a short answer, and we can just move on. Any of you have been there on either side of that conversation where you're like, I'm not going to tell you a lie, but I'm going to let you know that we can move on from this. And then Jesus does what only he can do. He says, you've had five, and the one you're living with now isn't your husband. And I want to land on this spot for just a second and talk to you about something. Every one of us in here are just like this woman. We find temporary solutions for the eternal problem. Her temporary solution to the pain that she had was to find a relationship with a man. It wasn't probably the only one she had, but it's one that she tried several times. And that temporary solution, uh, what does it relieve? It relieves pain temporarily, but what it does is actually multiplies it as you move down. And what Jesus is saying, how about an eternal solution for a temporary problem? Here's where we live. When I talk about things like she's going through, she's going through racism, she's going through sexism, she's going through shame, she's got a pile of things that are real. Here's what I know. Any one of us in that space, that feels like anything but temporary. And so I'm very careful today to not be like, oh, this is so easy in one chapel. We're going to do it just like this happened in the Bible. You know, Jesus comes through, this lady, and boom. That is not how life works, but Jesus does offer us something better. He offers us living water that can come in with an eternal solution to our painful, real, valid, sometimes unbearable problems. And I want to challenge you today to make sure that you hear that because as real as the pain is, his love is greater. This living water is greater. And so the woman's response to this, and this is my version, you're freaking me out. Think about it. Somebody came up to you, didn't know you, and said this kind of stuff, was a little bit cryptic in the beginning, and all of a sudden is like, yeah, you've been married five times, and you're living with... You would probably be like, uh, you know, looking for a way out of this conversation. And so what she says is she says, you must be some sort of prophet, obviously, And you would think, this is for all the people that think if they were alive when Jesus was here or you were with the Israelites, that you would just be like, how could you ever doubt God? I would just believe him forever. I would never do what they did. This is for you and for me in that time. You would think after she said you've had five husbands who you're living with now, that she would be an open book saying, whatever you want, God. She was not. 
She actually tries to distract by saying, hey, I've heard you guys say you worship here, and we say we worship here. What's she doing? She's, she's throwing a, a, a distraction out to move away from the painful reality of what Jesus is actually talking about. She threw out this worship conversation. And uh, she's, she's just she's avoiding it. Okay. Um, and she tries to distract that. The sixth thing. Jesus says something great, and this is the good news. He says, well, that's all about to change. It's all about to change. The real worshipers are going to worship in spirit and truth. We're not going to get distracted by the stuff that we've been doing forever. It's all about to change. There's good, good news. And then uh, she's unsure, she's confused, and she throws out another. She said, I don't, she doesn't really understand, so what she says is pretty intriguing. She says, well, maybe the Messiah will explain it when he comes. I think she's unknowingly, this is my read on it. Now, there's smart people in here that will correct all the things that I missed in here. So in your classes, make sure you listen to what they say. But the reality is, I believe she's trying to end the conversation. It's a way to say, hey, the Messiah's coming and it'll all work out. But unknowingly, she was declaring who was right in front of her. And this is the last thing that Jesus says in the conversation between the two. He says, it's me. I'm him. And this is the cool part. She doesn't say anything else to him. The seventh part of her conversation, you know what it is? She goes to the men of the city and she tells them about the one who told her everything that she'd ever done. This is a pretty interesting conversation and probably a way that you maybe haven't heard this story told. Um, But something had changed. John 4, 28 through 30, and it'll be up on the screen and I encourage you to, to pay attention to this. But Jesus reached out to the next generation Samaritan woman the first one of that generation. And he pushed past the distractions, racism, sexism, past hurts, just all kinds of pain in relationships, hostilities, confusion, and he transformed her into an influencer. Only Jesus can change us from people who run and hide to people who go and tell. He's the only one. I don't care about your, whatever your, your number is, whatever your animal is, whatever your personality test you want to take is. None of that makes you go and tell. Sin makes us run and hide. Pain makes us run and hide. But Jesus' love and that living water demands we go and tell. It's the only response. Why would this lady who's spent her life avoiding people not even finish the conversation because she's like, time to go tell people. It's the most important thing that I can do. So today, um, please, (laughs) please, 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 this is what I'm asking you. Three things. Number one, please have your seven-part conversation with Jesus Sometimes we get places like this and we're like, this is really good. I should tell somebody else about that. 
I'm going to give them this verse and they're going to figure it out. Including me, I'm going, listen, I know this reads in the Bible like it happened in about a half an hour. But I promise you there were times down the road that this lady was still struggling with temporary solutions to eternal problem. That's been the story in my life. And I And if you haven't had that experience, I would love to hear more about that. But what I know is that we need to have that seven-part conversation with Jesus. We need his help to get past some of the distractions that are so painful in our lives. And so today, let him walk through those distractions with you. Number two, trade your temporary solutions in for an eternal one. The living water Jesus promised something better. He did. And um, we will constantly try to pick up our old ways to solve things. It's just what it is. And so we need each other to help us through that kind of thing. The third thing, allow the reality of the love of Jesus to transform us from run and hide into go and tell. If we do that, then ING isn't going to be a club. I don't even know if we'll need ING. It'll just be what North Central is. We'll work ourselves just out of that whole thing. It'll just be, we might describe it that way, um, but I'm telling you, you can't do for others what you haven't experienced for yourself. And so if you're here today, man, don't think that you're the only one by any means that's sitting in that first stage in that conversation going, I'm stuck on number one with Jesus. I'm still trying to figure this out. I don't know how. I can't get past the people in the church that represent him. That's why Jesus comes and initiates conversations with us. And we distract and we avoid and we dodge and we push. But the truth of the matter is, if we continue that conversation, I know he'll be truthful and he'll help us along that process. So we're striving to move from the I to the end, like I said earlier. Uh, right now it's an institute, but ultimately we want you to be a bunch of influencers. And the way that I, I view the next gen, part of why I used uh, the pictures that I did is that I see next gen differently. Believe me, I'm all about next gen, meaning the next younger generation coming up. But one of the mistakes we've made is we've like poured all of our attention into that going, we got to get them and we got to learn how they think and talk and we got to, you know, uh, we got to figure all this stuff out when in reality we're going to do all that. But you guys are the next generation of young adults. You're going to be the ones that are going out in the workplace. You're going to be in the schools. You're going to be, you're going to be, some of you will be in families raising kids. You're going to be the next generation to do that. And then I'm the next generation of grandpas and big papas or whatever we're going to call ourselves. Truth of the matter is we don't just check it out. Once, once there's a new generation, all of us don't sit around and go, we had a good run, now we're just going to help you. The next generation is every, is every generation. So, all right, so here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and we're going to prepare for an altar response, and I hope I'm good on time. Okay. Um, I have three altar challenges for you. And so if there is somebody that can come and play or somebody that wants to come and pray with people in the front, um, I'm, I'm a fan of wherever prayer happens. So if you're in the back like I was when I was at this place, I could pray with my friends there. You can pray with your friends there. You don't have to. But sometimes I had to. And sometimes you might want to 
take an extra step. But here's the challenge today. Someone is, some of you are stuck in the most of real distractions, and you can't get past some of the things that are painful, that are an obstacle. And so I'm asking you today, come and pray with somebody and look at Jesus, not at the distraction. That's the prayer that I have for you. So that's number one. Number two, many of us are revisiting our old solutions. It's not just something like a relationship, although I bet a lot of you are in that boat where you've, you've been at your best when you have a healthy, <laughs> meaning you have a relationship and you feel better about yourself. It can be coping mechanisms that you have. Sometimes it can be simple as like sarcasm and pushing stuff away because you don't really want to get vulnerable. There's all kinds of stuff in there. But today I ask that you'd pray with someone to surrender, to trust, and to believe that you're never going to be thirsty again. And then the third challenge is simply this. Will you go and tell? I am as missions as missions gets. So I would love it if a bunch of you, that would just, but it's never been just about that. If you can't do it with the people that you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure beyond that. It should be compelling in our hearts that we would do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just lead us in a time of prayer, and we're going to allow you to have some time. You can come here. You can go side to side. You can pray with a leader. You can pray with a friend. You can pray on your own. But I would encourage you to tackle those things this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, we're so thankful that you initiate like you have today. And I pray for those in this room that wherever we're at in that stage, God, that we would just surrender to you. We would believe you when you say what you do, that there is something so much better. And I pray that that living water would come alive in the students and the leaders and the faculty and the staff at this school, that that would come alive. And ultimately, God, we pray by the power of your spirit that you will move us from those that run and hide to those that go and tell. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come this morning and spend some time in prayer? Appreciate you very much. I'm praying for you every day. Love you. Thank you.